Hello, travelers. It's Sparks here. I am here with Erica Nerdy Yogi. Tiny Hun. Foxfire. Hello. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you're going to see two people that aren't normally on here. And if you're listening, you should go to the YouTube so you can see their beautiful faces. We have Matt and Jess from 20 Sided Die with 20 Sides. I call it Die. I don't know why. Just <laughs> bam, bam, bam. We'll forgive you. We forgive okay. You. Okay. Cool. Cool. That so if you guys slide, want, <laughs> so if you guys want to introduce yourselves a little bit, um, so our people know who they're going to be listening to for the probably the next hour. Yeah. Jess is going to go first. Ah, okay. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Jess, and I'm from the 20 Sides podcast. I play Leona, the moon elf wizard. Um, yeah. What kind of podcast are we, Jess? So we are a fast-paced, story-driven, actual play podcast. Good tagline. Yeah. We should put that at the beginning of every episode. We should. Episode. Yeah, we should. <laughs> and then I'm also starting another podcast, 20 side, 20 sides, uh, dice and dish. That's it's going to be all last. four of us, not you. Oh, I'm out of that one. Yeah. All right. I am Matt. I'm the dungeon master for 20 sides. Um, we, like she said, we're a live action, live play D and D podcast. We kind of take each episode and make it about 35 to 40 minutes, um, which is, good for a ride to and from somewhere as opposed to you know those long three and a half four hour episodes from some other popular D D shows we would we would all love uh, but we don't always have the time to fit those in so hopefully you would have the time to fit us in we have peaked at number 22 on the apple charts so we are slowly moving up um as as our trek for world domination but I mean, if those long podcasts want to call us or contact us, we're more than willing yeah, to listen. Totally, it's true. Yeah, yeah. you must talk. contact Dice and Dish in order to get to them. Yeah. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. we will take all yeah. contacts. Uh, I'll, I'll send Mercer to you, Jess. I got you. Oh, there you yes. go. <laughs> Don't worry, <laughs> we will totally not steal that opportunity. Um, I won't. I don't want to be on camera like that. <laughs> <laughs> Terrifying. But we I'll take Marisha. Marisha uh, Laura. Yes. One hundred percent. That is my that's also those are my picks too, Jess. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Those are my picks too. We well, should we... do group roll episode and bring Jess on. Matt, are you a group roll fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got oh, her yeah. into Critical Role. Yeah. Okay. I watched, okay. Cool. I haven't watched season three or campaign three as much. Yeah. I kind of checked out like at the end of campaign two and I haven't really jumped back on board it's just yeah. so much time i don't have enough time in my yeah. day exactly i'm i'm kind of the same way i watched the first episode of c3 so i can meet all the characters mm -hmm. and then like i was like sporadically in watching it yep and then it got to like episode like 20 something and then i was like watching yeah. other things and i was like okay it's gonna take forever for me to get back on track yeah. with yeah. it yeah. not yeah not only that it's like when you cut out that four hours you can fit so much other content stuff in so it's like, like well, 20 sides podcast <clears throat> or dyson dish yeah. or, or dyson dish. dish perfect i mean you know or uh i <laughs> i've been watching a lot of like makeup competitions on netflix glow up that's my problem glow up but anyways so we're gonna do a lightning round real quick with matt and jess and you can just a lot of these are like one or the other you pick one and then you know we move on so uh are y'all ready ready 
I guess. Cool. All right. <laughs> fantasy or modern? Modern. God, fantasy. Fantasy. Cool. All right. Um, your favorite race, whether it's D and D, DCC, Morkborg, whatever. Well, Morkborg's all humans, Ugh. but any system wise, your favorite race? Elf. Yeah. Okay, I'm That's I'm going for the newer systems. I'm going elf. For the old systems, I'm going halfling. Fair. It's a good choice. Rules light or crunchy? Mm, rules light. Rules oh, light. I'm like, uh, rules, rules light a hot me. mess. Like, all yeah. the place. <laughs> it's okay. got to be rules light like, for her. Got you. <laughs> all right. Why? Because you would blast. You'd get so mad. Okay, continue. <laughs> That's it. We're just going to do three because we do have five topics to cover. Yeah, so, we do. I'll roll the die. Damn. See what we get. Wait, what kind of okay. dice are you rolling? I'm rolling a D6. Okay, so we're not doing funky dice. No, no, I've only got a... I don't have a... DCC, you need to make a D5 funky dice. Or roll oh. a D10. We'll just do one yeah, and I was two, gonna say... three and four, five and oh. six. They do have a D5. I just... I'd have to get up. It's in my tube over there. Um, I mean, we can entertain. We can but entertain. Or you already fine. did a six. Go ahead. It's it's. I don't want to get up. <laughs> this is I'm the story of our lives. Don't be like, I don't have pants on. <laughs> I got pants on. I just, I just like if I get up, I have to like move my, uh, my yeah stuff. Yeah. And I got everywhere. Our um our studio is in like movement phase, so okay. it's a it's a whole thing. So it's fine. It's cool. Mm -hmm. All right. But she has so, pants on. I have pants on. I just got done teaching yoga. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Sparks, you go first with your topic. Okay, let me get my topic. So I'm just going to let it known for the viewers out there. We came up with these topics, and then I completely forgot about it until today. Um, but the, luckily, the exactly. <laughs> uh, my topic that I chose was getting into character. How, whether you're like the DM or a character, how do you get into your character? So like just some of the things that I wrote down was I kind of think about their personality before I go into the game. I'm like, okay, this character, like what's their personality type? Like the character I have now in our uh, Drakenheim game is a wizard. She is a space elf. And uh, I was like, hmm. First personality trait, bitchy. Second personality trait, um just overly just over things like get to the point we need to do this we need to get it done and there are probably some other personalities but those are the main two that i kind of stick to she has no charisma at all so just straight to the point everything i think about the voice that i'm gonna play for that character if it, they're gonna have an accent if they're not gonna have an accent um she does have an accent kind of goes with that personality and then i kind of think of like her goals their goals like what is their goal this session who are they going to try to talk to and i just put all that in my mind and somehow it comes out as a functional character there you go uh so yeah just kind of you know what process do you go through to kind of get into character and whoever wants to go first can go i go yeah, I mean, I feel like my kind of, 
I'm I'm similar to you, Sparks, in that like, um, I do all of those things, but like, also for me, like my profession is like people pleasing, and so I always kind of play a character that is like totally opposite of that. Like I'm a grouch. I like am mean. I'm just like. Oh, you tell me like another character will like tell me their plan or like their opinion. I'm like, don't care. <laughs> and so uh, I wanted to make sure it was like kind of opposite of how I am in daily life, even though um, Matt will say I am like that in real life too. <laughs> I don't know. I've met you. I think all of us have met you, and I would not say no. you're grouchy and mean at all. <laughs> Like at all. Maybe like the environment, like a fun uh, environment. So yeah. I don't know. I, I get vibes from people and I didn't get that vibe from you. <laughs> I agree with Sparks. You seem like a very nice person. Thanks. Exactly. See, that's, that's too I think nice. it's just because Matt is married to you. Yes. I think that's it. I think that's I think that's it. Yeah. Well, we'll just keep going down the line. Matt, you can go next. I think for me, it's I always try to lean into like one specific character trait for, you know, if I'm playing a character or if I'm DMing and I've got uh, an NPC, I'll try to pick one thing and then just like overdo that one thing. Um, and then the next time we play, I'll add a little bit more to it as we go. I think if you try to come come into a session the first time and you're adding, you know, you're doing all these different nuanced personality traits you're gonna it's gonna be too mixed up and you're gonna be thinking too much as opposed to just leaning into one thing that's what i tend to do i try to do that i always use a voice i you will rarely hear me if i'm talking an npc or or if i'm playing a character using this voice um because i think it's too much fun not to and so i will always use a character voice i think it helps you get into character more too i really do um but that's that's kind of typically what i do if i'm trying to get into character Yeah, I uh that character growth. Mm -hmm. Doesn't character growth. You keep adding more stuff on. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just one little piece every time cuz like, you know, the first time they meet a goblin and they're talking to him, maybe he's just really annoying or he's really spastic and he he bounces here and there and there and there and there and there. And then the next time they meet him, he's got another layer. It's, you know, they're like onions. People are like onions. Ogres are like onions. Ogres. Are I was like just onions. about to say that. You mean like? Hey, I know. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Fox, do you want to go or you want to go? Uh, I can go if you would rather go last. So, I uh, I like to first off. I don't make my character until I've kind of planned out their personality, and that's just generally how I work. I know the personality and then I start developing how that comes into play in the world. Because, you know, sometimes you have that people pleaser that tries to act bitchy, but they're actually not. They're a teddy bear. But as the game goes, sometimes that character grows and changes with their growth. And that can they can be a completely different person at the end of the campaign as the start. And I do let the game develop them as it goes. But... Again, I, I always start off with making their personality and then building the character. I mean, I've I've literally had a character that didn't give two craps about anybody. In the end, end up being the group's mom. So it's 
just how things fall. As far as being a DM, I'm kind of similar to Matt. Typically, I will have an idea of one personality trait. They're pretentious. They're smart. They're bitchy. They don't give a shit about anything. And then over time, as the PCs get to know that character, they start peeling away the layers of that onion, as Matt said, and it's a great analogy. So, that's my thought process with making characters. And you turn out to be green at the end of it. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Um, my process is, what haven't I played? And what am I currently playing that I don't want to play anything like it? Like, because I, I play in, I think, like, five groups right now, or so. Or a mix of, like, play and DM. Or um, maybe four, I can't remember. Um, enough that I can't tell you how many I'm in. So, I don't ever want to have a character that is just, like, something else I'm playing. Mm -hmm. So, I take that into consideration. Um, I'm playing Call of Cthulhu right now. And I'm playing a very shy, quiet girl who is a stalker. And... <laughs> She is also a pervert. She likes to watch people because she works in the library and she like lurks behind the bookshelves and she like watches people like make out and do other things in the college oh, library. Funny. And that's why she's there. Um, and we joke and say that she has like a bubblegum statue of the guy that she's obsessed with who's also a student in her um, closet. And it's <laughs> there in, there's there in Prohibition. So bubblegum's real hard to get. Oh, man. <laughs> but, um, and then I have <laughs> Reginald, who is obsessed with Ashley's character, but it's more of a love. It is a true, oh. unconditional love. And he's like a giant golden retriever. Um, and he literally. is... Yeah, yes, literally. Yeah, he's a blood hunter who turns into a werewolf that looks like a golden retriever. Yeah. Oh! And he has a billion cape that's red. Um and so I just try to find something that I've never played, that I've never yeah. really seen played, that I think sounds like fun. And that's what, where I start. Um, and then I'm like, what makes them unique and almost kind of weird and stand out from mm -hmm. the other people at the table? Yeah. 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 yeah it's got to fit. Yeah, just, I don't want to, like, if somebody else is playing, like, the bitchy girl, then I don't want to play the bitchy girl. Because we've already got yeah. one. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, but then so, if you have two. Oh, I, yeah. I, 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 a slap fight. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I just, you know, then it, I don't know. I just feel like that way I'm not stepping on anybody's toes kind of yeah. thing. I don't know. Sometimes it can be fun and you can have two different types of, as an example, bitchy. Yeah. I mean, I remember in your Stranger Things campaign, Sparks and I were both playing bitchy characters. But Sparks was the more discreet, I'm a bitch, and my character was more of a, you piss me off, I'm an Eldritch Blast you type of bitch. Yeah, I'm gonna feed yeah. you to the Demodogs. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that was the cat. I'm talking about V. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were talking about the cat. <laughs> no, 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 no. The cat was forced uh, to be evil. Thank you very much. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I will say from a DM's perspective, too, like, if you put so much time and effort into an NPC's personality, as a DM, you have no clue who your characters are going to latch on to. Yeah. And so if you spend a ton of time on somebody, they may blow them off and not yeah. want to talk to them because they don't like their personality, where they may talk to an old 
seen uh, you know seen a lady in a bar and they fall in love with them and you have yeah. to constantly bring that person back in in the mix and so you've got to put those layers on so instead of putting all these layers on somebody that the the players may not have any interest in talking to later don't waste your time yeah for sure i agree like when i was deeming for them uh there was this I just made her like they were like, oh, we need to we need to buy clothes, and I just like pulled out Dottie. Like she yeah. has she has a, a clothing shop, and there's Warforge who like make the clothes for her, so she can take orders and pump them out real fast because she yeah. has basically machines making clothes. And yeah. ev- and her thing was polka dots. Everything she makes is polka dots. Well, one of our players decided that he had a crush on her and <laughs> that he wanted to date her, and yeah. I was like, okay. And I had built other NPCs, and I had nothing for this woman. So that, yeah, that's a really good point, because you really never know who they're going to, you know, decide to develop relationships with. It's okay. She didn't have to roleplay her long, because two or three episodes, two or three sessions after that, she was killed. Yeah. Yeah. That's another great idea as a DM. (laughs) <laughs> oh no 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 no! It Player wasn't. It, it oh, wasn't. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't Erica's idea. Nice. It was the player. Dark. She stuffed her in a. Yeah, she was stuffed into a bag into her closet. Oh god! After her head, her head was like, blown apart. Sixty-one pages for this backstory, <laughs> for Dottie. Our druid decided to wild shape out of a cricket in her ear. Oh dang. No, because our druid revealed what we were and told her everything. Uh, and so we were playing assassins, essentially. And magic back as a revenant, then, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they haven't gone back to that world uh, yet because okay. it's my world. Yeah, and we've been in Dragonheim since my world kind of campaign ended. So yeah, gotcha. gotcha. Maybe, mm-hmm. but. So. Is that all for that topic? Yeah, okay. okay. All right. So the next one is mine. So note taking. So as a DM, my note taking is very different than as a player. I've always been really good about taking notes as a player, but when I'm DMing, I forget to take notes. And so, like Dottie, I've I just made her up and didn't write anything down. And then at the end of the session, I was like, what race was she? Mm-hmm. What did she look like? I didn't remember any of it. Um, luckily, you know, I had players who take notes and they wrote all that down. So I had to start um, teaching myself, okay, you have to take notes. You know, like we were running Crypt of the Devil Lich and for DCC with my other group. And I was having to like keep track of where they had been in the in the crypt in the dungeon and you know like traps they because i wanted the traps they hadn't deactivated to still be present if they would decided to leave the crypt go back to town buy gear and come back yeah um and so i was having to like okay well they moved around this trap here so it's still active they did they disabled this one so that one's not so when they go out and come back in you know, versus it resetting because I didn't want them to feel like it resets every time and then they feel like they're beating the head up against the wall. Yeah. Um, so that's something that I've struggled with as a DM. What I normally do is I have like this little book. Crap. I have a little 
book I have that I got from Gen Con, and I put little tabs on it. So that way I know, like, this is my notes for this group, that group, or whatever. And I have a podcast tab as well. Um, so I can take, this is just for when I DM. And then I have, uh, I use good notes when I play for digital character sheets because I cannot stand D&D Beyond. Because I like to write out all my characters. Yeah. Because it helps me learn the mechanics and kind of who they are. And I like that old school, like, feel of filling everything out. To me, that's yeah. part of the fun. Um, I have a page in there, and I try to write down, like, names, places. If I'm playing Call of Cthulhu, descriptions, because you never know. That could be a factor. Like, Greg might come back with different color eyes or different color hair. Yeah. It makes you suspicious. Mm. So, depending on what kind of system you're playing in or running... I would say the level of note-taking, if you're playing something like Call of Cthulhu, needs to be more thorough than something like 5th edition. I yeah. mean, you could worry about Disguise Self, but maybe not as much. Yeah. And I think I think from, like, I think it depends on the type of game at the table, too. The, yeah. the type of notes you want to take. Um, for me, I totally agree with you. Like, I've got a Google Doc that I think is up to like 42 pages for our campaign right now from like everything, all the notes I've taken pre-planning and then after the fact. Um, I'm not a great note taker in the moment because I try to stay in the moment and I don't know, I'm just not good at it. But I think editing our podcast helps me remember everything because I'm hearing it again and again and again. Um, and so that really helps. And I always make fun of them because they'll, they'll be like, wasn't that three days ago and not two and a half days ago yeah. and i'm like oh, i don't know let me check our wiki like it doesn't matter um but it also depends on the type of game you're playing like yeah. if if we weren't doing a podcast none of that would matter it doesn't matter if it was a week ago two weeks ago unless you're up to like a time crunch or something like that so i think for me it really depends on the type of game like you were saying um and then from a dm perspective for me it's all my pre-planned notes out. And it's funny because you can look at the notes I took for the first session. And a lot of that stuff either didn't happen or it got changed in the moment yeah. where they had a better idea than what I had pre-planned. And so in my head, it was like, oh, yep, that's exactly what I had planned. And then I would write it out. So, yeah. Yeah, I think um, me as a player, oh, I'm awful. And... Um, well, I guess I wouldn't say I'm awful. awful. I'm kind of um, not super great at taking notes um, because I like to write everything, like handwrite. I have like my character sheets printed out. I use like physical spell cards and I have them like locked and loaded for the day. Um, but I feel like I have a good memory. And so I remember like a lot of random stuff. I do write down like how much how much like loot I find <laughs> like stuff that is not going to matter. Cause yeah. like, I'm not, we're not going to buy anything anyways. It feels like, um, but I write all that down. I take a picture of like my spells at the end of our session. Just so I know like when we go back or when we start back up, I'm like, okay, what did I have like set ready to go? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I always tell myself like, Oh, we have a podcast. I can just go back and listen to, but I never do. I listened I listened to the week that is released and then I don't go any further than that. <laughs> Cause I had too many other pods to listen to, so like your guys's. And old gods. 
I'm addicted to that now. Yeah, I like hardcore like listen to that one whenever we got everything from Gen Con. And I was yeah, like, I kind of just want to know the setting. And then I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. I finished season yeah. one in like three days. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, whew, it was rough. Um, yeah, that's a binge. Yeah, oh, I work from home. So it's like, oh, nice. yeah, I, can, I, can, I can listen to that and yeah. do everything. Um, I guess I'll go. I don't have a lot of the DM side because I don't DM a lot of campaigns. I'll do like one shots. I'll do like um, like Call of Cthulhu. I'll do those. I don't really take notes for my one shot because I'm like, well, it's a one shot. I'm not going to be like yeah. so hardcore. This is what you need to do. Once it kind of gets to a good stopping point, that's when I'm like, okay, this is where it's going to end. Big bad, bam, here, done. Uh, but as a player, I don't take down notes on every single little thing that happens because if I did that, I would never pay attention to the game. So I really do like major events that happen, uh, major characters like NPCs that we meet and just things that I would f interest my character. I take the take of it as my character didn't see that or hear that. I'm not going to write it down yeah. because I would not know that. So I kind of get real method with it <laughs> and go, well, my character didn't, wasn't in that conversation. My character wasn't around. So my character doesn't know what was said. So why would I have it in my notes? Yeah. Cause that's how like in our vampire, the masquerade game, our uh, DM and our buddy Kurt, who was on uh, the con episode, he is running that game. And he told us when we first started, he said, yeah, we I'll have session notes of everything that happened in the session. He oh, said, nice. but keep your you need to keep notes of what your character yeah. like your character's notes. What is mm -hmm. gonna be memorable for them? Like if they took a journal entry at the end of the night, what would Exactly. Be? Yeah. yeah. So, which I, I already do that anyways, but it was like, you know, having it be that way because vampire is a very social game. It's very much on what does your character remember and how do they remember it. So, That's impressive. yeah, yeah. Good idea though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my players can't even remember what happened at the uh, last episode or the last session. Yeah, I mean, we get there eventually. With a lot of prodding. With uh, eventually, that's the word that I love. Yeah, we the, get yeah, there. Yeah, four of us with all of our powers <laughs> combined, we get there eventually. Yeah. But no, that is that is a good point. Like, if you roll a low perception check, then like, yeah, you're not gonna overhear what so and so has told so and so. So, yep, it's kind of like unfair advantage, I guess. Okay, so for me, I am the worst note taker in this world. <laughs> I attempt to take notes. I promise I do. My notes are horrible chicken scratch. That when you can make it out, it's pretty much. Fire is red. Why did I write that down? I don't know, but it's there. And maybe we'll figure out why later. I do the small little tidbits because my brain cannot focus on writing and listening at the same time. Luckily, even though I have the brain of a goldfish, my brain can retain things I'm enjoying, which is typically game. 
So I can remember something that happened two sessions ago normally. Can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can remember that. Same. Yeah. And it's the same when I'm DMing. I cannot take notes in the moment. I've tried. And I either lose them, or I have to be like, wait, what? What? You're going to have to repeat that. I didn't hear what you said because I was taking notes. Yeah. Yeah. And what I started doing is after the fact, similarly to what Matt said, going back, writing session notes from what I remember. I've been really bad about it lately. I have not updated my group session notes in quite a bit. I need to definitely do that at some point today or tomorrow. But and then I put it out there for my players um, because I do have some that take notes and read over them. So that's my two cents on it. Taking notes is important, especially yeah. if you have a horrible shit memory it's important for a dm to remember certain things because i will go through and be like oh crap i forgot that npc's name whoops yep yeah but yeah i cannot take notes to save my life i've learned this just curious um because like we've talked about recaps before and like how different groups handle recaps since y'all are a podcast is that something that I know in the beginning of your episodes, it seems like uh, the recaps are kind of like they're different people do the recaps and the recording. But like yeah. actually at table, Matt, do you handle like the recaps since you seem like you do more of the mm -hmm. note taking to be accurate or do you let your players do the recaps? I let them do the recaps just yeah. to watch them flounder through it because <laughs> it's entertaining from my perspective. Um <laughs> Because I'll be like, do y'all remember what happened? And they'll be like, yes, we definitely know what happened. And I'm like, all right, tell me. Let's, all right, go from the beginning. And they're like, ah, I don't know. Where are we right now? And I'll, I'll, I'll feed them little tidbits. You know, I'll Hansel and Gretel them all the way to the oven. Um, but yeah, I, it's good, you know, if you just tell them, then a lot of the times they're not yeah. thinking through it and they're not even listening when you're telling them what happened the, the previous game. Um, and so getting them to kind of tell you, even if it's piecemealed together, you're able to fill in the gaps for them and they, they say, oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Do yep. you correct any, oh, uh, yeah. wrong information? Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Shuts, shuts it down real quick. Shut it down. Okay. I was just curious how that yeah. works for y'all. Mm -hmm. Cause we play, when we play, it's about six hours, about five yeah. or six hours worth of playtime. Um, and then we'll cut that up into X number of episodes, just depending on how many we get out of it. But yeah, so, I mean, it's quite a bit. We'll I play maybe once you. a month. I commend you for, uh, editing six hours. Oh, and it's, it's like hard editing too. Like, I oh, it cut out a, turns into 12. <laughs> oh, it's, it's probably more than that, to be honest. Yeah. It's probably three hours every episode worth of cutting. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. When we first started on here, it was two or three hours for a 45-minute episode. Oh, yeah. Because the comfortability level was not there. Yeah. So it was like some, like, and this is not a dig at anybody that's on our podcast in general. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the worst but way to start a it's statement. It's all the digging. <laughs> all of it. I'm no. super called out and targeted. <laughs> I don't know about you, Fox, <laughs> but I do. This oh, I do. This is the podcast. You know, he's, like, he's like, I'm not trying to call out anybody, Look. but the other two people on this podcast consistently. No, no, it's not. It's not. Some people are more comfortable being oh, yeah. 
like speaking, like public speaking, speaking on video, you know, doing everything like that. I grew up doing that. That's what I did when I was in school, when I was in college, I was in public speaking and I was very like comfortable doing that and being comfortable like on video and everything. And when we, so when we first started, it was a lot of silence, silence and uh, stumbling over words and everything. And I was like, okay, as it's went on, it has gotten a whole lot better just because I think we've all just gotten a little bit more comfortable yeah. With, you know, we're all here. We're all going to have each other's back. Somebody stumbles, somebody's already there to pick it up. So it's yeah. one of those. And you I know, think that's how a lot. Yeah. I think that's how a lot of things are too. Like you, the, the first things you ever do is not going to be good. Yeah. Like I, from everything I've ever read, like the first time you do something is going to suck. Like if you're a novelist, your first novel is going to suck. It's just not going to be good. It's going to be your 10th one that gets published and everybody thinks that's the first yeah. one you wrote. Like, You've written, you know, a million words until you can get something that's good. Our podcast, we actually recorded the first session three different times. Um, and I changed the scenario all three times just to make sure, like, it was a really, we felt like it was a really good product coming out. Because like you were saying, it's not, I don't think any of us were really nervous in front of the mic, but just playing in front of a mic right. and for a podcast and for entertainment is totally different than just playing around a table and I'm spitting everywhere right now. Um, but so for us, like that was a huge piece of we'd, we'd, we'd play for four hours and then we'd all listen back to it and we'd critique ourselves and say, what do you, what, you know, what do we need to do better? And then we'd go back and we did it again. And then we listened to it again and we were like, all right, we're still not there. Let's well, do it no, one more time. Well, no, the second time it was like nobody was speaking into the microphone correctly. And so we like couldn't hear. Well, that was part and of it. And so we're like, oh, okay, No, that was Bobby. Back. Bobby had his microphone backwards. Yeah. And so we're like, okay, let's uh, try this again yeah. and like, you know, troubleshoot so, this and this. Podcasting is... Jess, it's your topic. So I was going to say, since we're kind of already talking about podcasting, we can go just, ahead and go I'm to it. I'm not going to yep. roll the die. Yeah, we're just going to go straight oh, into okay. it. Since that's, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Keep talking to us about podcasting. Yeah. Um, this, I guess it's kind of like our, this is more, I guess, your topic. It's my or, love. Yeah. This, this is your <laughs> baby. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, we did, there's like a bug in here. A um, we did a bunch of like, we called it market research. It was totally not market research. We did a bunch of like Reddit um, polls. We did a bunch yeah. of Twitter polls. Uh, we asked anybody that would listen and we just figured out what we thought the the consuming folks that are listening to D&D podcasts, like what they wanted in a podcast. Was it all RP? Was it all combat? Was it a mix? Was it an hour's worth? Was it 30 minutes worth? Was it two hours worth? And what, like, the vast majority of people said was, we want 30 to 45 minutes. We don't want a ton of combat. Like, it's too crunchy. And once they started saying that, I realized that the things that I liked least in the podcast was combat. And what's crazy is at the table, I love combat. Like, that's yeah. my favorite part of the game. But if you're listening to it, it doesn't have that same... You know, it doesn't appeal. draw you as much. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have the same appeal. You really connect with the characters and when they're talking to each other and role-playing. And so we really try to have a good mix of both of those. Um, we stay in character a ton, which I think is a lot different than a lot of other podcasts. And we're a lot, we're a lot more produced, I think, 
um, in the sense of it's still the game at the table, but we cut out all the banner in between. We cut out looking up the rules. We cut it out, and it still flows really well, I think. Um, and then for us, it was just consistency out of the gate. Like yeah. when we we, I think we launched our Instagram maybe six months before we launched yeah. our first episode, and so we we put money into advertising every month now um, to where we advertise on TikTok and Instagram, and I think we're gonna start doing some on YouTube. Um, but like Philip, who is who plays seven on the podcast, him and his wife run a podcast business like that's their jobs and so we we leaned on them a ton obviously um and so they knew a lot of what to do but just that consistency of putting out an episode every single week without fail we're all the way up to i've edited 62 now and so we're way ahead we're like a month and a half ahead of where we're we're at Mm -hmm. um and just being able to consistently put that out consistently play consistently put out a good product and then you just slowly build it's like a snowball going down a hill um, the more you do it, the longer you do it, the more fans you get, the more community you build, and and then you start to see it pick up faster and faster. And I think that's what we're starting to see now, where we're consistently in like that top 50 of games, of the gaming category on Apple Podcasts yeah. and stuff like that. So we are really excited about our numbers. Um, we're really excited about like the trajectory of the podcast, and hopefully we'll be able to quit our job soon. No, we won't. No. But you know. <laughs> It's the dream. The dream. Yeah. The dream. It's the dream. The dream. The dream. The dream. So yeah, all the podcast things. Yeah. And it's kind of wild because I mean, like, unlike Sparks, I did some theater like in high school. Um, but I like am not a great public speaker. I can't like get up in front of a podium and like talk about stuff. Like even right now, I feel like I'm sweating. And I like am probably blotchy, like I'm so nervous. And y'all are my friends, and I'm just like, <laughs> it like makes me so like gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. For all these years, a, she still gets flushed around because me. of a microphone and a camera. And I'm just like, oh. and when Here's we added, the, yeah. And so when we added our cameras to put on, like to do our little like snippets, and and now for YouTube, like I would just stare at the camera and I'd be like, I don't know what to do with. I'm like. Hey, like, uh, I don't know how to play. Like, I don't remember my character voice and nothing. I was like deer in the headlights. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty like new to D and D too. So that was another thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm being recorded. Like I'm, I'm and they're gonna, you know, you're like, they're going to see me mess up. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm like, oh, they're gonna... But now I'm just like, don't give a, I'm just like, come Sorry. at me, come at me. TikTok. Oh, you can, you can curse. We are, we are, we are an me, we are explicitive podcast. <laughs> like, that <laughs> box gets marked <laughs> every oh, time. That's hilarious. And yeah. made not for children. <laughs> oh yeah. Hilarious. Well, now I listen yes. to you guys, so I, I know, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I was like, I don't care. Like I'm just a, a person who started playing more consistently during the pandemic i'm still learning too so if there's an issue here's my email let me let me know she hears it she hears it from me after every yeah game. i feel like i hear it from like you messed up that rule see yeah no i'll, I'll be like oh i totally forgot about this thing that i have it's called a grim harvest and then i just talk about it for like now i'm like obsessed with grim harvest like because of you know it's like a little 
-hmm. thing that necromancer necromancy wizards can do so i'm like oh grim harvest everybody and you're like no that's not how that works i'm like grim harvest this person he's like, like no actually according to page 168 yeah he's like no that's not how this works yeah. and then now everybody at the table is like oh i'm gonna use my grim harvest and it's like a rogue <laughs> and they're like no you don't have that I'm more like but i taught you how to do it and he's like no that's not that's how, not this, how works. this game works guys we're like oh, we're like they're like they're always like why not and i'm like because there are rules <laughs> That's, yeah, that's like, why. Oh, because there are rules. rules. Yeah, because there are rules. Like, that's like your parents saying, because I said so. That's right. <laughs> so. That's right. Yeah. Oh, she'll be like, I want to cast Fireball and Lightning Bolt. And I'm like, you can't do that. Well, why not? No, my thing will be, um, <laughs> I want to I wanna fly up in the air and then do, um, I want to cast Fly oh, Myself. And, and Invisibility. Then do... And, then, and this, but I'm, like, I'm you also can't. invisible at the same time. He's like, no, that's they're both concentration spells. I'm like, well... That's well, not fair. Like I should be able to no. fly and then be invisible when I. She's like, that's okay. dumb. That's dumb. Unless you have a potion play. of invisibility. Yeah. Or, yeah. or 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 if Matt will allow you to take a feat that is a crook roll feat, you can oh, have dual two. Mine. Oh, yeah. You can have there. There oh. are feats that allow you to cast multiple spells in a like, no. in a turn. Um, well, that you, are higher you, level, not just cantrips that Critical Role has produced. Well, Even no, both you, of them are concentration. Yeah, it, that that is the feat. Hang on, wait. Oh. I'm gonna like my like model is gonna die for a second. Hang but look, that's me I'm and my Kermit. Me, I'm like, text it to me. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. While he looks <laughs> it up, uh, Foxy or they look it up. Do you want to look talk about it, Fox? Your. I mean, I think the feat you're talking about is Spell Driver, right? That's what I was thinking it was called. Off the top of my head, off the top of my head, it does not let you do two concentration spells unless Uh, it's been, unless it's changed. I have the book. But it does allow you to cast an additional level spell. But one's still going to be a bonus action, I'm assuming? One has to be a bonus action. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So like you can cast Misty Step and Fireball. Yeah, I don't know yes. about the two concentration. I don't know about that, but I know that spell driver is definitely a thing because I yeah. used it in, that, yeah, that uh, in my so, campaign. <laughs> I have I found wind spell. I have found the feat. It is called dual focused. Oh. This you have to be able to cast the spell. Countless hours have been spent training your mind to maintain focus on con- concurrent incantations. Taxing as a process may be. If you attempt to cast a spell that requires concentration while already concentrating on an existing spell, you can main concentration on both spells simultaneously. No. You must spend a standard action each subsequent round on There's maintaining no. concentration. I'm looking it up. What's or, it called? It is called Wait. dual focused. It's in the Tandori campaign setting. Oh, so it takes an action to maintain terrible. your concentration on, on both, both of spells. Those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so it's not overpowered because it does come with a cost. Yeah. Yeah. If you attempt to cast a spell, okay, continue. Okay, uh, Fox, <laughs> you were you were going. <laughs> shut it down. Uh, oh, I'd totally not allow that. Most people um, do not. Yeah, well, I knew it wasn't under spell driver, but I mean, if you yeah. can use two, co- yeah, that's the reason they implemented concentration is because in in three point five, people would just like load up on all those spells yeah. before combat started, and so like mm. you would be invisible flying. You'd have like hex going. You'd have something else, and then you yeah. walk in like, "Oh, I'm going to kill everyone." Yeah, with my armor on. <laughs> it's time to die. Sorry. You're fine. As somebody who's had players in in their campaign be able to concentrate on two spells at once, 
it wasn't that overpowered when I did it, but the player also didn't take extremely overpowered stuff. Yeah. So there there was that. Fair. I can see where it would be, because, like, I mean, yeah. level 2 invisibility plus another spell yeah i could i could see where that would be overpowered like if you were using bless and like spirit guardians like that wouldn't be overpowered but i could totally see how it could become overpowered quickly definitely sorry sure. way off track here you're good uh so i guess uh on the dice and dish side who wants to talk about podcasting first i'll go because i know next to nothing I know I'm still nervous every time I'm in front of this camera. I don't know if our audience can tell. There you go. That's the truth behind the camera. I'm nervous. Nice. Um, as far as actual podcasting, I don't really know. Um, I'm going to be honest. Erica and Sparks do most of that. <laughs> um, but it's, from what I've seen, not not easy. It's a lot of watching your numbers and hoping they go in the right direction. Mm -hmm. uh, but for us, luckily, it's also not as much of a serious thing. It's about getting together and just talking about one of our favorite things. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how Dyson Dish kind of came to be was... Uh, Fox and Sparks were like, Erica, we should stream. We should do podcasts. And they told me that for years. And I um, was just giving you an idea. Like, I took speech online in uh, 2010 when I was in college. Yes. So um, I was the kid that sat in the back of the class. I had anxiety if I had to raise my hand to say that I'm here, like during roll call. So, like, asking me to go to the board or to talk in front of people was terrifying. Uh, I wanted to be in place, but I was scared to stand on the stage. I love place. I mean, I'm wearing my Wicked shirt. Um, you know, I, you know, me and my mom, we go and we do, like, plays all the time. And I just don't, this is a lot for, for me. And uh, we've been trying to promote Ragnarborg by going on other podcasts. If you haven't checked out Ragnarborg, it's by Talon and Call, me and my buddy Kurt, who was on the con episode, or co-creators with Anthony, who owns Talon and Call. Check it out. Um, <laughs> we have been doing like podcasts and streams with other content creators to promote it. And I keep getting told, you have to talk more. And I'm like, but Kurt, he does so, more, he does so good at the talking. And I can just sit there and be like, yeah, well, Kurt said. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I'm just like, listen, and he's check. like, you know, and I'm just here. <laughs> and like, if they want to talk about mechanics, then cool. But if they want to talk about other stuff, then yeah, let's just let yeah. Kurt talk. But um, he's just a better salesman than I am because I feel I'm terrified. So, um, and that's just how it came to be. It just got to the point to where, like, I want to be a writer in the space. I want to be behind a booth at cons. I, that's w where I want to be. And so it was like, well, in order for you to get there, you need, people need to know who you are. So I looked at Sparks and, and Fox. I said, well, y'all can get your dream. We're going to make a podcast. We're going to do streams. We're going to get on social media. Yeah, here I come. This is out All of the woodwork. Things. All the things, and yes. I hate it. I, I hate it. I don't like any of it. But Embrace it's the spotlight. 
I don't, I don't, I just, I want to yeah. be like how Ed Greenwood was back in the day where he's building water deep from a library in Canada and nobody knows who he is, but he makes yeah. these awesome things. That's what I want. But that's not, you can't have that nowadays. Yeah. Nope. So that's how a Dyson dish can became a thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Out of uh, 40 different podcast ideas. Over the past four and a half years, yeah. this is the one that stuck. <laughs> nice. Uh, but uh, no, I would say like on just like a podcasting side, I I have kind of done social media and streaming and things for 10 years. Uh, it's been on and off. Just the timing wasn't correct. Like timing wasn't right. When you're growing up, you have school, you have work. I mean, I've had a job since I was 16. My parents yeah. drilled that into me. Like, you have to, if you are not going to have anything in life if you don't have a job. So, yeah. like, as soon as you're 16, you got to have a job. So, I've, I've had that consistency through life. I worked full-time during college. Going to college for 40, you know, full college schedule and then a 40-hour job. And so, you know, now that it's more like I'm not in college anymore, I have a little bit more time. I'm like, mm, I kind of, this is something that I would like, that I want to do. I think yeah. me and Erica, we were just talking one night. I think we were at Waffle House because it's what we do. It's where most of our ideas come about. <laughs> and, and, you know, you know, like Erica said, wanted to get into the space and do all that. And I was like, we can do a podcast. I was like, let's do it. You know, I'm down. And, and, then I, and I told Sparks about a podcast I listened to and how it's structured and how he, so uh, he took the idea from another podcast that he listened to and he liked the structure and that's where we got the idea of the multiple topics. We added the dice roll random aspect, so. Yeah, but it also, like how you said, you did your market research, quote unquote. Yeah. I mean, no, but we kind of did. <laughs> you know, we looked yeah. through... <laughs> what podcasts were in the space for tabletop RPGs? Yeah. 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 It is mostly actual plays, live mm -hmm. plays, you know, story driven. And there's not really anybody out there that's just doing a podcast talking about just different topics yeah. in the space, getting pe other people's opinions on, you know, what we've talked about weather. We've talked about, you know, inspiration from real life. We've done, you know, your pet peeves at a table. You know, you don't see that in a podcast. You don't yeah. see that of people talking about it. So it was kind of like, you know, we didn't fully do, you know, how long do you want episodes to be? And, you know, yep. you know, it's all that. It was more of what is not in the space. Yep. Yeah. And it was that. Yeah. What it, niche can we fill? Exactly. We kinda, we, it was kind of like, let's just do a podcast. And it was like, cool, let's do that. We need art. <laughs> we need mics and cameras. And beyond that, it was like, what are we going to call it? And I was in that. I mean, we, yeah, it was just kind of like a mixed bag. And that's kind yeah. of what, um, like, that's, I am, I am inspired by Colin Moriarty. If you're familiar with like PlayStation, you probably know who he is because he was a big PlayStation guy. Um, for IGN, and now he owns a podcasting network, and they do what's called Constellation, mm. and they bring different topics, and it's not about, like, TTRPGs, it's about 
anything. Like, you could just bring the topic death. And somebody else brings the topic about popcorn. And they just That's talk cool. about it. Yeah. And I was like, but what if we take... Because he got the idea from a different podcast he listens to. And he kind of like was like, well, let's flip it this way. And then I told you know Sparks and, and Fox, I was like, but what if we flip it our way? And we add the dice so it feels like the topics aren't like... You go first, and I go, and then we kind of put the the dice with it to make it random. So yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I would say like Matt, I'm gonna assume you understand editing is one of the things that I'm just like. <laughs> yeah, don't talk. I about that. we were we were talking about you know if it gets bigger, adding more things, and I did I did looked at Erica's eyes and said if that happens we're hiring an editor I'm not yeah. editing four yeah. or five different shows well so I'll I'll cut out like <laughs> I cut out ums I cut out like if somebody goes that's getting cut out I'll cut out like I, I mean if there's a gap in between and you if you listen to our podcast it's really tightly edited it feels like the reason we say it's fast paced isn't because they're just like busting through towns and like just going 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 as players it's because the way it's edited is to keep the momentum going in the episode because in so many live play D D podcasts there are just so many lulls yeah that yeah. will and they just drive me crazy and it's it's fine at the table when you're playing like that doesn't matter but as a as an entertainment product it's not good that's just not a good thing for me especially yeah. when you're you're trying to get somebody in the busiest time in the history of the world for people to carve out 45 minutes of their week to listen to what you're putting out. It's, it was for me saying, okay, I'm going to cut out anything that would be a waste of time. That's not going to propel the story forward. That's not really funny. That's not, and I've cut out some things that we thought were really funny that I don't think hit. Yeah. And they've gotten mad at me because they're like, why did you cut that out? When I was editing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. the same way it did at the table. And so we'll cut out a lot. I mean, I just cut out a lot because I, I think about the listener and like what they're giving up to listen to us. And it's just the way it's not saying ours is better or ours. It's just different. It's a different way to edit. And, and yeah. you know, this sparks that takes forever yeah oh, because I, I do not I, cut out our ums and any of those kind of mess ups now silences i do but it's also like i when me and erica were talking about it we did like a couple of series for dragon Time. we were talking about that and erica's like yeah i went in i edited out all the ums all the likes and that's what we're doing for this podcast and i said uh hell no we're not because i'm not editing all that out but it's also it depends on what you're doing yeah i was about to say yeah where we are type of product where we're more personable it's not yeah. you're not gonna have like bam 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 it's right, gonna be right. like you know i i told eric i was like our podcast is different in the sense that we are talking to them as people yeah yeah, yeah exactly this is Casual what people do yeah. People but don't I'm, edit themselves in real life when they say, um, they're like, well, hang on, let yeah. me go back and redo that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and on the flip side, though, I don't add in a lot of stuff. Like, I'm not going to add in, like, a sword clanging or a, a shield hitting <laughs> or a spell sound and stuff. Like, to me, that just is so, it takes even more time to do. Um, And I don't, 
every time I hear that in a podcast, I feel like it pulls me away from the story than it does like keep me immersed in it. And so we take out all that or take out all that. I don't add any of that stuff in. So like I add background music in, but it's pretty low. Like if you're in the car, you can't even really hear it. If you got headphones in, you can hear it. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we just cut it up real tight and try to keep the story moving as quick as possible. Yeah. For any of our podcast makers out there that, you know, you want to make a podcast, um, what editing software do you use, Matt? I use Reaper. Oh. So I like I was or a musician. Does it do video and audio or just audio? It'll do video. I don't do any okay. of the video stuff. So I do all of our audio editing and then I send okay. it to Philip, who then mashes it together with the video and he cuts okay. up the video. Um because I'm too hands-on with the with the story and the audio and I just want it to be it's I don't know it's my baby the audio is You want it to be perfect. Like, yeah, in my past life I was in like I did a studio production and stuff. That's what I majored in in college originally was audio production. And so like we already had like tons of microphones and like this room is decked out in acoustic panels and we've got all the we had all the things. Like we didn't have to spend a lot of money to get started um which was nice. And so we've got a lot of profesh equipment, which is yeah. good. And so I already knew all compression and EQ and all that good stuff. So it makes it easier for us. That's great. I do all of my stuff on OBS. I set everything up on that. And then I record it. And I started using a new editing software. I started using DaVinci Resolve. It's free. Yep. Yep. For all the people that want to start a podcast that are listening, it's free. It's a free editing software. Yep. You can export out video and audio. Uh, do it a lot of people have switched from uh, Premiere Adobe, to, yeah. yeah, and Final Cut Pro to DaVinci. Yep. yep. So, uh, so yeah, that's really interesting on podcasts. And what's our next topic? I think we've kind of all hammered out. Unless you got something else to say, Erica. I have one thing I want to say, just because I thought this was a hilarious moment when we were at Gen Con this year. Me and Sparks went to a panel and it was like a bunch of D and D content creators and it was like them talk. It's like Dungeon Dudes, Pointy Hat, yeah. uh, some other really Jenny funny D. guy. I don't, oh, yeah, yeah Jenny D and some other guy that I don't know who he is, but he was funny. Um, and the first thing she said was like they asked about like D and D content. Like, what do you suggest to stay away from? And the first thing they said was podcast. Don't and make I a podcast. Literally, Matt Sparks because we had just started the podcast. <laughs> well, I think and it's I just like, so saturated now. They're everybody. Oh. Well, yeah. and I, I think too, like a lot of people, I think what set us apart like immediately was our audio quality is better than probably 99.9% .9 of yeah. D&D podcasts out there. Like if you listen to just our audio quality compared to Critical Roles, ours blows their audio quality out of the water. But that's because they're a video podcast. Like, yeah. it's a video. Um, and, like, ours, Glass Cannon, probably, like, NADPOD, and, like, a couple of others like that have really good audio quality. But a lot of the startups, they have that mindset of, like, hey, let's start a podcast. Yeah. Let's put up a couple mics in front of, on the table, and let's just start a podcast. Or one mic in the center. Yeah. And it's, like, and oh, it's just so, like... you can't hear it. And then, at times, it just gets so loud, and you're like, oh, God, my speakers yeah. are going to bust. That so, was my thing when we were yeah. starting before we were going to start before. And I was like, I said, okay, so this is what we have to get. I said, we got to get microphones. We got to get a, um, uh, audio mixer. Mm -hmm. I was like, we have to get all of these things. And then if we're going to film in the same space, then we have to get all these other things too. Yeah. 
Yeah. And one of our, um, one of our, uh, Kurt, who we were, he, I think had asked Erica, well, why don't y'all record in the same space? And I'm like, well, one, the microphone situation. It's one of those, if you don't have a certain type of microphone or you don't have certain type of equipment, it's not going to work very well. Right. And then the audio is not going to sound good. And that was my main, that was my main thing. Even with streaming, your video could be awful while you're streaming. But if your audio is there and your audio is good, people will stay just because of that. Yeah, yeah. totally agreed. So totally it's one of those like audio has to be an important thing. Yep. So... I completely agree with like if like that kind of deals a lot with the success of a podcast. How does the audio sound? Yeah, because yeah. if you, I can't even get five minutes into some podcast before I'm like, I can't listen to this because I can't understand what anybody's saying. Everybody yeah. sounds the same. It sounds like they're in a garage, and it's just like I, I can't do it. I can't. They probably I, are. It may be the best thing ever, but I just can't. I can't. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, we got two topics left. One, two. Okay. Uh, Matt, is your topic? Oh, I don't remember my topic. Um, <laughs> well, we said podcast. And, and oh, um, something about combat. Making combat interesting. Yes. Oh. Making combat interesting. Yeah. 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 Oh, so I'm going first. I mean, you can't. Yeah, yeah, it's your topic. Okay. 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 For me, it can't, like, it can't be an empty arena, so to speak. If it's an empty arena, then. All it turns into is I walk up to them and then we swing our swords until one of us are dead. Yeah. So one, like, what does the terrain look like? That's always big. Vertical verticality. Can I go up somewhere? Can I go down somewhere? Can I hide behind something? Can I knock something over? How do I interact with the terrain that's around me? Um, so like environment, think about the environment. I think two, RPing the monster during the combat is huge. If if it like if if D and D, if that's what you're playing, don't turn it into a board game once combat starts. Yeah, because once once combat starts, if all we do is roll our dice, then all we're doing is playing Sorry or Monopoly or whatever else. We're not or Hero Quest, which is a phenomenal board game. Um, but that's all we're playing. Like I don't care if my character dies at that point. Yeah, and so the same goes for monsters. Be those monsters figure out those monsters and then act as those monsters and then role play during that. And that's making noises. That's yelling stuff. That's um, talking to the other monsters that you're fighting. Like all of those things have to happen during combat to keep it interesting for the players. And then I think as best as you can give the monsters some type of personality, especially if they're a bigger like named monster, so to speak, I think making sure the characters like know what they're getting into, how dangerous it's going to be, what does it look like, what does it sound like? Um, I think doing all of th those little things makes combat that much better. Um, and then I think lastly is not being a so there's a there's a book called Mon uh, the monsters know what they're doing or something like that. Oh gosh, yeah. I've got it. it I've is. got it downstairs. And, the monsters know what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, play to the monster's strengths. Don't just 
you know, don't just roll the dice. Yeah. Know what the monsters are capable of doing and do those things with the monsters. Like, use those special abilities as much as possible because combat is yeah. usually only going to take two or three rounds, maybe four rounds. Um, and so you want to get out all those big things. They're in their layer 99% of the time. So right. the advantage should always go to the monster when they're in their layer. Um, so do those things. I think that makes combat a whole lot more interesting. If you just have a open open arena and you're just rolling dice, you might as well be playing a board game at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me as a player, um, for during combat, I think it's important for me personally to write down initiative and then always have, like, know what I'm doing next, but also have, like, a backup to that because stuff can happen if you're, like, at the bottom of initiative. Um, I also feel like if there are too many, like, pieces, pawns in combat, I will get, like, really bored. Because I'm, like, waiting for, like, monster one, two, three, four, five to take their turn. And then we have four players. And then if there's, like, an NPC that, like, is joined, I'm like, okay, like, this is too many people. So, yeah, keeping it small, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, like, mm -hmm. at, at most, like... Eight or nine, maybe ten, but more than ten, I'm like, mm. yep, I'm checked out. Uh, but yeah, I think you do a good job at everything you said, and thank you. Keep it pretty interesting for the most part, making sure that. Um, I feel like a lot of our monsters have like immunities, so it's like, ah, crap, you know, like this poison is not going to work on this da 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 da. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, we got to think of something else keeping us on our toes i'll jump in and uh, about combat um so i'm obsessed with lair actions and they yes. can they can confirm that um i will give it doesn't have to be like a boss it could just be anything if it's its home like you said you're on their turf right mm -hmm. um whether that's like it's a somebody who's like an artificer and a giant arm is like hidden in the ceiling and if you come down it you step on a pressure plate it swoops down picks you up throws you in a different room into like a different combat situation or some type of restraint like a cage or a box or something um i i like that i do like using terrain like you said like hazardous terrain um but to me, lair actions are always fun because you, you, it adds another element. And it could be multiple lair actions. Maybe it compounds, it gets worse. It changes depending on how much health the monster has. Almost kind of like a Dark Souls, Bloodborne kind of monster, right? It's got a health bar, but then once you get down here, there's a shift in its yeah. abilities. Um we do, when I run, we do NPCs differently. How I like to do it, I stole the idea from, uh, God, Sparks, what's that, that game we played? Uh, the... Legend of the Seven Rings. Yes, thank you. Um, so when we were at Gen Con, they, there was a DM who, what he would do is he would take the NPCs, they were last always in initiative order, we had to give them commands as our characters. Say, hey, you... We want you to fight. We want you to go fight that monster, attack that monster, or hey, I need healing. And so the players have to look at me and as you know, say, hey, Sheila, I need healing. I'm almost down. And Sheila will go over and heal you. Mm. But unless you give your NPCs directions, 
then they do not know, like, I want them to feel like they're in a battle and they're communicating with each other. Because that's what you would be realistically doing. That's a great idea. I'm going to steal that. Go for it. Stolen. (laughs) Stolen. Stolen from the stolen. I'll credit you. Yeah, no, hey, I don't, I would credit the guy I stole it from, but I don't remember his name because I was like, I was, I don't either. That was like three years ago. Did not be at this table. I had, like, it was so rich in Japanese actual historical happenings. Oh my God. And I was like, I can't follow any of this. Just tell me where to go and I'll swing my sword. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I totally agree with you on layer actions, too. Like, I do not do a good job of that. And now that you said that, I need to make sure that I add that in. I feel like, like, our, we had our, our big, like, Belshire's Tower. I feel like that was... No, that's not layer actions in the sense of what she's talking about. Oh, uh, yeah. no. It's like you're fighting great. one monster. It's kind of like the... the, the um... Druid Necromancer? No. The... Nightmare Riders, how they'll bring oh, skeletons okay. up. Yeah. And it's, well, I do it on his turn, but like it would be on a dish, different initiative order. Uh-huh. So, like on initiative order 15, yeah. this action would happen. Like if you're in a, a red dragon's lair, like yeah. flames burst out of the ceiling or something yeah. like that. And everybody's got to make a dexterity saving throw. Just a, that's another way to add. Damage. Oh, gosh. Now I'm going to die. Yep. <laughs> you're welcome. That's the goal. <laughs> like, uh, that's the goal. I was like, what a cool idea. I'm going to die. Oh, wizard. I get it. Trust me. Yeah. I get it. Fox, do you want to go or do you want me to go? Um, it's up to you. Do you want me to go? Just go. Okay. So, um, as a player, well, really as both, I don't particularly find combat very interesting. It's honestly my least favorite part of the game. I prefer to role play. As a player, for his combat... I usually get bored because normally right after my turn, I already know what I'm doing unless somebody changes my mind. And normally I can pretty quickly figure out what I'm doing. So like right now I'm playing a character that can either heal or hurt. And at at the start of my, or at the end of my turn, I'll pretty much plan on like, okay, I can drop a fireball. Cool. Oh, halfway through now somebody's almost dead. So nope, never mind. We have to heal them. But it normally doesn't take me very long, and I know typically what I'm going to do by the start of my turn, unless the previous person is the is the reason it had to change. So sitting through combat is usually pretty boring for me because it's you pretty much just have to wait until it's your turn, mm-hmm. and that's it becomes like a board game, which board games are fun, but not when you've got six other people and ten monsters. Yeah. And this is from somebody who sat at a table with 10, 11 other players, which Erica and Sparks will. Because we were part of that that table. A lot. That was not fun. It was not. I did not like running for that many people. No. Playing. Directly after that game, we split (laughs) into (laughs) six and six. 
Yeah, we yeah. were in a local game store and we we wanted anybody to feel welcome and we didn't want to turn people away. Uh, and yeah. and then it was like, it just kind of got, he's like, yeah, you can. And then it was like, yeah, I guess. There's 13 like, players and a DM. Oh, like, oh, yeah, I was running for that many and I was like, I just can't do it, guys. <laughs> like, no, like, no one gets the spotlight too. either. I mean, exactly. Yeah. No, no, here's, here's yeah. what it turns into. You have one person that is going to be the dedicated spotlight because they're the only one that will speak up and uh, make decisions for the table because yeah, yeah, they won't yeah, yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Or everybody tries to do it and nobody really gets to do anything because everybody's then, trying to do their own thing. Yeah, and then you have a side campaign that happens between me and Fox that nobody knew what was going on <laughs> except for Erica because they were all talking amongst themselves. And we're over here like, we're I'm doing this, and then we're yeah. doing that, and rolling uh, dice. They're like, what are they rolling for? You don't worry about it. Y'all have y'all too busy doing something else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You're like, not there. <laughs> yeah. You're not there. So. Don't worry about it. We split the party. You mm. guys are still at the tavern. Yep. Yep. That's don't worry funny. about why the king is dead next session. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about that. That's old news. Yeah, that's that's old news. That's don't, funny. No story. I could totally see that happening too. <laughs> uh, what are you talking? Me and Erica dismantled an entire campaign. Yeah. Sparks, why don't you talk about combat? <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, but, so. Um, Oh, no, y'all didn't dismantle it. Some more, we some more fishing. Kind of did. Uh, you know, so we're we're running a little late. We're running a real late. I'm looking at uh, that time. I'm like, we still got one other topic just, to talk about. Yeah, that's, yeah. Talk, that's just true. Talk to me after the show. Just combat. <laughs> so I think finding I'm gonna come more from a player standpoint than a DM standpoint. Uh, finding some way to make your combat for your character interesting is something that I find really fun and it helps keep me engaged because I got to think about how I'm going to do this action. So like it, when I played like a monk, it was, you know, yeah, you do the pop pop, but it's like, I want to make it more interesting. So like, you know, you do like your little pop pop with your uh, quarter staff, you throw it up and then you're like, kick, kick. So it's like, you know, it's one of those like finding ways spellcasters. I love playing spellcasters and describing what I do in combat. Like right now I have a wizard uh, and I'm an order of the scribe. So I have the quill and I was like, I want it to be fun and I want to make it to where I'm like a maestro and my quill floats when we're in combat and I like wave my hand and the spell will come out of it because it moves in like the runes and the sigils to make it. So I'm like, I was like, I really want to do that way. So I think it just depends on like player wise, knowing what you're going to do and then, you know, finding fun ways to describe how you do it. Like I had a spell, I have wither and bloom so I can heal like a little bit, not like a full bit, but like a little bit. And it killed somebody and I was like, okay, so basically it wilts, it wilts the earth, but it can also give birth to things. So it sucks the life force and brings life back. So I was like, okay, I said, well, you know, he starts to die, but as he dies, Belladonna starts to grow from him and like it brings flowers forth from him as he dies on the floor and Reggie gets healed. 
from this sucking of life force. So it's just like finding ways to describe how you do things is I think a way that makes it a lot, makes it more interesting than just, I cast fireball. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it. I'm not good at that. I'm starting to to flavor my stuff a little more, get more comfortable. As a DM, I always try to say, um, well, sometimes I'll say like, describe to me what that looks like. How does your character spell look? Yeah. 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 I think we're on our last topic. Yeah, so it's all you. It's alignment. All right. So alignment. Everybody knows it. It is, I feel like mainly in D&D, but it is also used in a lot of other systems as well. I know. How do you feel about alignment in your games? Do you feel like it actually matters or do you feel like it's unnecessary? So... A lot of people will go in and they'll say, well, I'm chaotic neutral because I don't know what else to be. I want to be however I want to be. Pretty much, they want a free ticket to do whatever they want. Yeah. Or they'll go in and they'll be lawful and they will take that as, I have to follow the laws. And it's... All the alignments to me are a little more gray than as they're written down. Because yes, you're lawful good, but that doesn't mean that you're always following the laws. It can mean you're following the laws of your god. It can mean you're following whatever laws you devoted your life to. Or it could mean that you just always observe the laws of the land. Chaotic doesn't mean you're bad. It means you want to be free. You can do good. You can do evil. But what do you all think? I go for alignment and I kind of think I have a different take on it. I, most of my characters end up being chaotic neutral, but it's not just because, oh, I can do whatever I want. It's more of if you think, just if you think about it, your character in starting this game out, starting in any session, any campaign, Unless they're a cleric or a paladin, mainly paladins, they're going to be they're They might be skewed a little bit more towards that lawful because they follow what their gods or what their God says. But if you go into it, I think chaotic neutral, true neutral is also, I kind of falter between both of them. I think your alignment changes throughout the story. Your alignment will change so much throughout. And, you know, I don't feel like it is just a set thing with, oh, well, I have to be this the entire game. No, if you if something happens and you think your character's changed, then change it. Like, there's nothing that's like, no, it's just this. But it's also one of those, I don't think people take that into consideration a lot of the times. They go, I they picked an alignment. And then they don't do anything it doesn't have a lot of repercussions to it. I feel like a lot of alignments, something happens in the game, they do something, it doesn't really affect anything because the DM either doesn't care or the DM forgot or the player's just like, I'm just going to do it anyways. Yeah. Um, it, I'll, I'll just go just cause like, I just want to re- remember this. I have a bad memory. Um, <laughs> 
So it's one of those things that like as a DM, I have I have played in a game where um I was a dwarf, so I always play with dwarves as lawful because I think that most people see dwarves as a race are lawful. Mm-hmm. They, you know, so that's usually how I play with dwarves. But, um, and sometimes I do consider the race that I'm playing when I choose alignment because if, you know, their race is part of their culture and their culture kind of has morals. And I think that I take that into consideration. Um, but as a DM, I was playing a game and we had a cleric who was supposed to be like a very good cleric, followed a good God that was all about like love and, and healing and all this stuff. And then we get to the end of the dungeon. And it's like, you have to sacrifice a member of the party in order to complete a ritual. And the first person who was like, let's do it, grab the tiefling and grabs a knife and attacks for to do the ritual is the cleric. Oh, and and our DM yeah. was like, "Your God!" After the at the end of it is like, "Your God is disgusted with what you have done. You no longer are a cleric. They have turned their back on you." Yeah. And some players could look at that and really not like it. And some players could be like, "Consequences for your actions." Yeah, because mm-hmm. yeah. it is consequence, consequence, yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's like if you you have a patron and your patron is a certain way, and you go against it. Break, I mean, you know, breaking it, um, you know, breaking that pact, being an oathbreaker or whatever it is. If you're you start to change and you shift, I think alignment. I can see it shifting and stuff, but as a DM, it's a hard call for me to be like. Now you have to change your alignment because yeah. I'm always concerned about taking player agency away, but I do agree with sparks, but then it's like, well, where's the consequences? And it is like that balance, right? Um, of where, where's the line as a DM when alignment. For me, I think alignment is a holdover from earlier editions that if they eliminated would have no bearing on anything. I think in earlier editions, there were a lot of spells. There were a lot of like features from monsters and stuff like that that would change your alignment. Or um, I think there were certain classes you couldn't be if you weren't. I know Paladin for sure had to be lawful good, but I think there were like other classes like clerics could not be evil. And in fifth edition, all that's gone. Like literally every bit of that's gone. And if you eliminated alignment, I don't think it would have any bearing on um really anything to do with with D&D and Erica going to what you said like i think there would still be consequences like mm-hmm. if you're a cleric of lathander then and you're you know you're a cleric of light and you're doing all these dark evil deeds yeah your god's still going to turn on you it doesn't really have anything to do with your alignment so to speak and so i think i think it's one of those things they're just holding on to cuz they have to cuz it's like D&D and then even like with like ability scores they could get rid of ability scores and just use the plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four, but they'll never do it because as a first edition D&D player, I love rolling those D6s to get my ability scores. Like, that's my favorite part of character creation. And so, like, it's one of those holdovers that I think they're just kind of, like, massaging until they can eventually work their way into into tweaking it enough. Um to either eliminating it or something along those lines. Cause I, it just doesn't have a lot of bearing anymore compared to what it 
did in like first and second edition when it was like very very punishing to you know you you played a lawful good character forever you were lawful good in every mm -hmm. single decision you made there's just way more nuance as people role play a lot differently in 2023 than they did in 19 when did D&D &D come out 71 77 something like that yeah yeah, to yeah. kind of go off of that, Matt, where you're talking like it doesn't have a hold in 5th edition. Yeah. Technically, if you look at the gods for 5th edition, they They're have aligned. alignments yeah. attached yeah. to them that you're technically supposed to follow. Right. No. Mask, the, so Mask is a god in 5th edition. He is a chaotic, he, you have to be a chaotic alignment to be right. able to have him as a trickery god, patron, anything yeah. like saloon you know if you have her you have to be in that good range or yeah. neutral you can't have chaotic right and if you have char that's where you can have the chaotic neutral and the chaotic evil there are certain gods that do have prerequisites of if you are not this alignment you can't have them yeah because yeah. it doesn't make sense as to why they would come when you call to them I argue that not necessarily, because if you follow their teachings and you worship them and you do their rituals, then as long as you don't do something that opposes them specifically, that God may still find favor in you, regardless of your alignment, as long as you're not doing something that directly opposes them. But then you get into, is the DM going to stray that far away from lore? It depends. But again, that's the way I personally look at it. As long as you're not doing things that they would dislike. Um, as, as an example, Kelimvor hates undead. So if you're a necromancer raising the dead, that's going to be something that he's going to hate. And he is going to be like, no. Yeah. No. Or if like, like going back to Lathander, if he's, I don't know what, I don't know what he is. He's probably like something good but let's just say he's lawful good if you were a chaotic good character doing all these great deeds for lathander it's not like lathander is going to come down and be like you know what i appreciate it but you're, you're not exactly. lawful so sorry bro exactly I, I don't know it's just it just i don't know i think it pigeonholes a lot of stuff if you were to play like you've got to do this and then it pigeonholes your character like y'all were saying earlier um where a lot of characters will will shift over time. That's what good characters in fiction do is you shift, you're developing your character as you go. And so you may start off as this closed off jerk of a character and move to somebody that's more open and more accepting to people or vice versa. You may start off the other way around and lean more toward evil at the end because um, your parents were killed in an orc raid and now you just have it out for orcs and you're evil and you hate everything. And so I think, hmm, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Jess, what are your thoughts? Um, I feel like, well, this campaign, we never really talked about alignment. Um, but I feel like my character personally, with each like traumatic thing that happens in the game, my alignment has shifted. Yeah. So I'm like, oh man, like with every traumatic, like, I would agree with that. Yeah incident um i'm always like 
this and then I'll be here and then I'll be here at the next dramatic thing. <laughs> it's like I have like so much PTSD like alignment. It's like huh. every D and D like, character has all PTSD. Over. Oh yeah. Pretty much. If the D and D character doesn't, the DM did something wrong. Yeah. That's true. That's very yeah. true. Yeah. I I know that like in fifth edition alignment can play into like certain items you can and can't use like yeah. armor or yeah. weapons and stuff. I know in like DCC, the way that they use alignment, of course, they use it with their gods and um, patrons or whatever you want to say it. Um, they're the way their clerics work is different. They get what's called disapproval. So when you try in DCC to cast a spell as a cleric and you fail the role, your god disapproves of it because you have not channeled them properly is the way I explain it to people. Yeah. I don't know yeah. if that's how good Joseph Goodman would want me to explain it. <laughs> that's how I explain it. Um, you know, and so you tick it, right? You go from a nat one as a failure to a nat two. Uh, and then the okay. more you fail your roles, the, when you cast think, spells, the yeah. higher and higher your nat becomes at a critical fail. Wow. Um, I think that's interesting. And of course yeah. the table resets and stuff, your disapproval goes away. Um, different ways, different avenues you can take. But the thing that I think is neat is whenever I'm running DCC, in it, they have, like, if you have a character who is X alignment, then the monsters might target them first, or if they touch this item, or they might get a sense of something yes. versus yeah. someone else. They, and this, you know, like, not hating on 5th edition, but I feel like they use alignment yep. better in DCC than what I've seen used in fifth edition. Yeah. And even like in, in really early editions, like you, you said the, uh, like if you were to touch an item yeah. that is like chaotic evil or lawful evil, like it curses you if you're a lawful good character or it'll turn you evil. Like yeah. there were, mm -hmm. there were so many permanent consequences in early editions of D and D like I, w I was telling her the other day, I saw something on Twitter that it had the ghost from first edition, oh, yeah. the stat block. And if it, if you saw it, yeah, if you just saw it, you rolled a D four and you aged that many years. And if it hit you, it didn't do damage. It did one D 10 of aging yeah. to you. That was not reversible. And so like, that's crazy compared <laughs> yeah. to fifth edition. Just nuts. Um, oh yeah <laughs> and so like like yeah it's just so much more deadly and punishing um and i think that's where all of that stuff comes into play like the alignment and things like that oh yeah i've seen in dcc if you're a certain alignment you're fighting against a monster i won't say what it is but it will literally take your stamina score from you yeah. Could you imagine in 5th edition, it's like you're oh. fighting something, you're like, hey, are you a neutral character or a good character? And it's like, cool, it sucks your strength from you. Kind of like an intellect devourer, yeah, but yeah, yeah, with yeah. intellect, right? But it's like, it's not, I mean, it could be your strength, it could be your dex, it could be your con, and now you have less HP. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, just, yeah, it's so punishing and so permanent. Everything is mm -hmm. so permanent, where in 5th yeah. in edition, like, it's, oh, well, after a long rest, you're good. Don't worry yeah. about greater it. Restoration. Rest. Just go to, yeah, yeah, greater restoration or a long rest. You just yeah. go to sleep for eight hours and that curse just goes right away. And in, and in first edition, like you were saying, you lose four strength points and you're like, I'm a fighter. Yeah. You're like, well, now you suck. So good luck. Now you're uh, a wizard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're a wizard with low intelligence. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
Well, that's all of our topics. Yeah. Whoop, whoop, whoop. I believe. All of them. All of them. My bedtime, uh, I think, now, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm like, yawn, and I'm like, oh. Well, thank you, Matt and Jess, for coming on and talking with us and kind of just, you know, visiting the chaotic side of everything. This is our podcast every episode. So uh, where can everybody find you? On all the socials at 20 Sides Pod or on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Just search up 20 Sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everything will be in the description below either way. Um, So, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Hey guys. Thank you so much for watching this episode of Dyson Dish. Uh, we really hope that you enjoyed it. And thank you so much to our special guests. Um, uh, Jess and Matt from 20 Sides Pod. Um, make sure to go and check them out and give them some love. Uh, their links will be in the description below, like their website. And then obviously the name of their podcast is 20 Sides uh, Podcast. So yeah, um, make sure if you're on the YouTubes that you uh, like comment and subscribe on the video and if you are on apple music or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast that you um subscribe over there and to have notifications when a new episode comes out our next episode is going to be out on um december 1st so the first of the month um that's when that episode will be out so yeah we'll see you guys later bye